Hello and welcome everyone to the first ever edition of the On The Bridle Horse Racing Podcast. My name's Grant Bradbury and I'm a horse racing fanatic, not a tipster or a professional. And I will be attempting to preview the upcoming meetings across the national hunt and flat horse racing scenes in Britain and Ireland. And I may even cover some international racing at times, which is only fitting as I used to live in Dubai and my first ever race course was called Nad Al Sheba. But that's another story for another time. And I can explain about myself and why I'm doing these recordings later. Let's get started with what everybody wants the answers to. What's going to happen at Royal Ascot 2019 and which horses should we all be following throughout the week's racing as well as the trainers and jockeys to follow. And hopefully these episodes can highlight some potential winners. Okay, so let's get stuck into the action on day one. It's Tuesday the 18th of June 2019 and the first bet of the day is before the first race and I'll be backing the Queen to arrive in bright sunshine in her carriage in a blue hat and a blue dress and yes, I will have a bet if I can remember just in case that I'm right. Um, The first race on the first day is the Queen Anne. It's over a mile, it's a group one and we get underway at 2.30 and I'll start with one of the market leaders and a horse which was favourite up until a few days ago. It's a horse called Mustachery for Sir Michael Stout. It's probably available about five to one now, um, and he's improving with age. He's a typical Sir Michael Stout horse. His form's very solid, and he stays just over a mile. He's won just short of a mile over seven furlongs. Um, He's won the Lockinge at Newbury earlier in the season very impressively, so he is getting better, and... The only real negative I can see is soft ground might be a concern if there's still all of this rain around. He's one on the all-weather, good and good to firm. So soft ground might be a slight concern if it turns up on the day. Um, second horse I'm going to look at in the race is a horse called Lawrence. She's a brilliant filly for Carl Burke and owner John Dance. Uh, she's had regular forays over to France last season after the 1,000 guineas second at Newmarket. And she won two group ones over there. She returned with a good return in the lockinge behind Mustachery, uh, has form over further than a mile. Um, although she's won on a firm surface, I just slightly wonder if she's better on a softer surface. Uh, she just gallops her rivals into the ground sometimes and, and that might be her optimum conditions. Uh, she's also entered in the Pretty Polly, I think. I haven't double-checked that recently. Over in Ireland at the end of June, a week after Ascot. So I'm not sure if she'll go to that instead if the ground is firm. My selection for the race, and I think his value at 8-1 to one at the moment still, is the Godolphin horse who's come back from an unsuccessful time at stud. Is a horse called Barney Roy. Uh, is a previous Royal Ascot winner in 2017. Won the St James's Palace that I'll preview later, the feature race on the first day. As a three-year-old colt, he's got form over further and on good to soft ground, which I think it might end up being on the first day. Uh, He's returned from his failed career at stud, like I said, with a prep at Ascot over the straight mile uh, and a win in France on good to soft ground. And some people are saying he hasn't really beaten a lot, but at least he's shown some of his old sparkle, I believe. Um, he's obviously had a long time away from racing, but his course form, his, his Royal Ascot meeting form where he won, I think he's overpriced. And at the moment, I think he's still available eight to one. He's definitely a value angle, um, to have in the race for me. The horse that's taken all the money in the first race now is the Aidan O'Brien, Ryan Moore probably ridden, Le Bravido, another Royal Ascot winner 2017, but he won the seven furlong Jersey stakes over, uh, the group three, Um, over the straight seven furlongs on good to firm ground he's second in the French 2000 guineas on that same year Um, 
he had one run last year. He didn't really want, run well over six furlongs at Newmarket in April 2018. Um, the jersey form really, I don't think it's exceptional that he won. He sold from Andre Fab, who's obviously a French genius, to over to an Irish genius in Aidan O'Brien. He must really improve on his two runs to date this year. But he's been backed in from ten to one to four to seven to two in places. So there's obviously some some fancies, and people obviously think he's going to run a big race. The winner of last year's horse called Accidental Agent is still available at twelve to one, although was obviously available at bigger prices uh, earlier in the year that some people have got on. I've missed it. Um, he showed he retained his ability after injury with a third in the lockinge behind Mustachery and uh, Lawrence. He's the current holder, obviously winning the two thousand and eighteen renewal. Um, last year's race was probably his peak performance by quite a long way. It's possible he might bounce after his layoff, but um, he's clearly got a strong each way chance. And I think uh, for Eve Johnson Horton, he should go really well. Um, we can see him definitely running into a place. Um, other horses at bigger prices that I might look at. Um, and obviously I'm previewing this race a lot more than the others because I think there's only three that I can really preview at this moment for the first day so um, outsiders Lord Glitters at 16 to 1 um, look, he's got good course form he might want soft ground um, he might well get that after the week that we're going to have leading up to Ascot and he beat Mustachery last year um, so that's interesting uh, Sharjah Bridge and Zabil Prince are both horses owned by Sheikh Mohammed Abade uh, so they may be split up and have other targets um, Sharjah Bridge is a high level handicapper and actually looking at the betting now he's 25 to 1 gone out from 16 so I think he might be the one that changes and goes for a different race um, he's a high level handicapper he tried the lockinge against Mustachery um, he's got form on the Ascot straight course um, I don't think he's quite group one class though uh, the interesting one is Hazapore, who's come in from 20 to 1 into 16s, 14s in a place. Dermot Weld, Irish trainer, very shrewd. Uh, fifth in the 2018 Derby, this horse. So very good. Won a very good Irish trial for the Derby. Um, and an easy win over a mile last time. He's been kept in training, which is a big positive. The owners are quite a big operation, uh, for those of you that don't know. And yeah, I think he could be quite interesting. Um Romanized, if the, another Irish horse, he's available at bigger prices. Um, if the, if the ground was good to firm, I might fancy him. He won the Irish two thousand guineas in two thousand and eighteen. He was fourth in the Lockinge. He's got to be respected, but he, I think, unless it's good to firm, he might fall a bit short. Um, so really, if I was going to obviously take you through my picks, you can obviously see Barney Roy is my overall pick. I think value at eight to one. Accidental Agent, last year's winner, second or third maybe. Um, and Hazapore, I think, is very decent uh, value odds. I know he's he's fluctuating. He's between 16s and 12s in places. I'm just having a look now. So he could be very interesting. And if you get on now, he, he might well be the gamble on the day. Um, so that's definitely where I would go with that one. Um, and now moving swiftly on to the second race of the meeting, it's the Coventry Stakes over six furlongs for two-year-olds. Now, this is, as I've just mentioned earlier, it's not sure... Who will eventually line up in the race at the moment? The trainers can have second thoughts or a horse might just not seem right to run on a big occasion such as Royal Ascot and it can often do more harm than good. So you might see trainers opting for easier targets for some of the horses so early on in their careers. Um, last year we had a standout favourite, I thought, and, and one that I believed had clear potential to be something extraordinary in Calix, who duly delivered last year at 2-1. to one. But this year, although there are a number of 
intriguing runners. I, I can't really pinpoint a clear betting angle at this stage. Um, apart from there's two horses at the top of the market that I quite like. Threat for Richard Hannon um, has been backed from nine to one into sixes now. And uh, Arizona is the other one for Aidan O'Brien. Now, he's very interesting. He's won by quite a distance. Uh, he seems to have been backed and this might be his target. So I might wait until closer to the time to nail my colours to the mast. But those two are definitely ones that I'm very interested in, in keeping an eye on. Um, third race on the Tuesday is the Blink and You'll Miss It Stakes, otherwise known as the King Stand. The five furlongs, group one sprint. This will definitely be over in less than a minute unless something really extraordinary happens. Uh, this race really is a bit of blue on blue in my eyes. So you've got Batash, the blue and white of Sheikh Hamdan, uh, Jim Crowley, Charlie Hills versus the all blue of Godolphin, which is Blue Point, uh, Charlie Appleby. Uh, and I'll start by discussing the reigning champ, which is Blue Point. Uh, now, these two both finished first and second. He Blue Point is supremely talented over both five and six furlongs. He's a highly regarded five-year-old by his trainer, and he's going up against the precocious Batash, who won at Haydock on his last start really impressively. He he can be a tad fractious pre-race, and it's always best to wait until the day, I find, to see how he behaves before putting your money down. Um, he's a real specialist five-furlong sprinter, though, with some surreal speed, and he can really, really win easily if he's on a going day. Um, I think it's really between him and Blue Point. I think they are miles clear on their top form. I think if the ground goes soft, there might be a few others that come into the occasion if they don't into the equation if they don't handle it. Um, Mabs Cross maybe. Um, she's very very solid. She's technically she had the fitness edge over Batash last time at Haydock. She was beaten around three lengths. She doesn't have a penalty in this race, but personally, I think. The reverse forecast, if you're looking for a bet in this race, it's Batash versus Blue Point. You back them to finish first and second, whatever order you like, uh, same as last year. And hopefully if they go off at what they are now at two to one and three to one, you can turn yourself a tidy profit um, regardless of the outcome. The feature race on the first day is uh, the St. James's Palace Stakes over a mile, but it's not the same as the Queen Anne. It's over the old mile uh, on the round course. Um, and really without the solidified horses en entered i'm i'm struggling with this race john gosden's got two entries they're both interesting for different reasons uh too darn hot was effectively the best two-year-old last year he had two races in nine days after an injury hold up at the start of this season um not sure whether he'll turn up whether he's trained on from two till three he's obviously retained some mobility because i think his second in the dante was a good run he then ran nine days later in the Irish 2000 guineas and finished second to the favourite in this race now, Phoenix of Spain. Arguably, I think it was a good run, but to ask the horse who's come off an injury, however small, to run two races in nine days, it doesn't matter how good you are, it's still hard ask. So he's got two Don Hart. He's also got King of Comedy, a Kingman Colt entered, who won impressively at Sandown last time really could be anything we i don't think we've seen the ceiling of his ability um if he lines up he's definitely an interesting angle um the favorite as i touched on phoenix of spain he's reversed all two-year-old form he finished behind two darn hot and a few aiden o'brien runners charlie hills obviously has said whatever he did last year was a bonus he's come out first run of the year uh gone over to ireland won the 2000 guineas in ireland uh he's solid he's improved uh he went from the front so he's quite 
versatile. He can obviously be bounced out or if he gets a lead, he might even be better. Um, he's a very solid favourite in the race and the favourites in the St. James's Palace traditionally have quite a good record, although some of them have been quite short and odds on. So um, he's interesting. The other one that I thought was quite interesting was a horse called Shaman, who's a French horse who's got group one form. and I think place claims in the race, I think 16 to one overestimates uh, us really underestimates um, his ability his 2000 guineas form over in France he was second to a horse called Persian King who's sort of frank the form come out in the French derby finished a good second um, if he comes over for this race I think Shaman he handles good ground he's won on heavy ground over in France his trainer is very shrewd Andre Fab. he He's an interesting angle if he comes over, but I'll probably wait until the day to nail my colours to the mast on that one. Um, really, the next two races after the feature race at St. James's Palace on the first day, I can't really review them at the moment. The Ascot Stakes uh, is the fifth race over two and a half miles, two miles, four furlongs. Uh, last year, the jumps trainers had seven of the first eight runners home. Um, and Willie Mullins, the Irish national jumps trainer, had four of the first of those seven, <laughs> which is quite extraordinary. So it's safe to say that I will definitely be following a jumps horse or two in the fifth race of the day on the first day. Um, I'll wait to see the lineup before committing. Um, the last race on the day is the Wolverton listed handicap. It's over a mile and two furlongs. Uh, it's, a, it's not a normal handicap race. This, horse, this race usually has some young, improving horses. Um, they may be just shy of the top level. Um, again, another race I'll likely have more of an opinion on closer to, to the day because of the nature of the race. However, it might be worth noting that John Gosden had the first and third last year. Uh, Richard Hannon and Sir Michael Stout are the trainers that seem to target this race more often than others. So anything they run will definitely be worth some serious consideration. The poss possibility that a horse has run in a classic maybe or a classic trial uh, for either the guineas or maybe once further and and or a, a derby trial maybe and dropping back a couple of furlongs on a nice enough handicap mark so yeah very interesting to see what horses line up in in that handicap race on the first day right so we've got the races analyzed uh hopefully if there if any of you think that you've got a chance of beating any of my selections that i'll put up uh, please let me know and let me know why <laughs> i'll be grateful to anyone that saves me losing any money of course um, so my selections for day one as it stands at the moment I'll be going for Barney Roy at 8-1 in the first race on the first day in the Queen Anne um, I think he's solid at 8-1 and I'll be having a nice bet on him to hopefully get my festival at Royal Ascot off to a good start uh, the reverse forecast in the five furlong king stand Batash versus Blue Point I'm not joking. I think these two will finish first and second in any order. Um, I definitely see it that way and I'll be backing it accordingly. Um, and then really the St. James's Palace stakes. My bet at the moment, if he comes over, would definitely have to be Shaman each way at 16s. I think he's definitely overpriced. I think that would be a value bet. Um, his French form is very decent. The fact that he handles different types of ground is a plus considering the weather forecast we've had the week leading up to Ascot. Um, and those three in the main three races on the first day would probably be my selections at the moment. Obviously, as some of you might know, I'll put them up um, on the day with the other three races once I've got all my selections ready on the actual day of Ascot. Okay, 
So before I sign off for the first time, and especially just after having advised my initial selections for day one to all of you, I feel I should explain why I'm doing this podcast. Now, mainly it's because I just can't ever get enough of talking and discussing anything to do with horse racing, so I'm sort of hoping these short episodes will generate some questions or discussion, even some ridicule towards me if a selection runs badly, so I can at least try then to answer them back. But it's also because I've had occasions when I'm at the race course and maybe casual race goers might listen to what I'm saying or ask something and say, oh, you sound like you know what you're on about or something like that. And I quite enjoy being able to help or advise if I can or I just hope that my podcast can as much reach the racing audience and others already in the industry and sport. I'm hoping that it's relaxed and informative enough to grab a few casual racing fans as well. So I'll finish this first episode with my main first and only rule when you're um, thinking of having a bet. Don't ignore your hunch or listen to what somebody like myself says if you disagree or you have a gut feeling. Simple but easy to forget. Um, It does include me. Don't listen to me if you fancy something else. (laughs) Um, But I hope I can help along the way. Day two's preview will be available as well uh, along with the remaining other days of Royal Ascot and once the season kicks in in October I will definitely be doing a lot of national hunt previews because that is where my passion lies Um, but more on that later thank you for listening to the first recording of the on the bridle podcast hosted by myself Grant Bradbury take care everyone and thanks for listening